0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. On News Talk.
1: Now, a very important event takes place today at five o'clock in Cardiff. This is a really important football match, not just for sporting or footballing reasons, but for a whole lot of political, diplomatic and even you could say military reasons. That is the battle between Wales and the Ukraine in Cardiff, as I say, at five o'clock. It's going to be a really have a big impact for World Cup qualification and lots of people will be eyeing the action on in Kyiv and Lviv and other places like that. This is a massive game. And to tell us a bit about the whole journey of the Ukrainian football team, how they've been impacted by the outbreak of hostilities in their country since earlier this year, is Andrew Todas, who was a Ukrainian football journalist and the man behind the number one source for Ukrainian football news and views in the English language. That's Zoria Lodensk, and he joins me now on the phone. Good afternoon to you, Andrew.
0: Good afternoon, Emmett. Thanks for having me on.
1: Now I'll come and talk about the specifics of the game against Wales but I, I'm probably a little bit more interested in the role that the Ukrainian football team are playing for the country for morale and for the spirit of Ukrainian people Graeme Zunas of course a Scottish footballing legend seems to suggest during the week that this game should not even be taking place that Ukraine should essentially just be automatically qualified in there considering what's happening I'll come on to Graeme Zunas for a second but just tell a little bit about you how you're interested and got into interested in the Ukrainian football team and all that happens with it
0: so I'm born and raised in London but have Ukrainian family heritage and have been really following Ukrainian football my entire life and in 2018 decided that I take it upon myself to be the English language uh, journalist expert all, all that because there wasn't really much coverage on Ukrainian football outside of Russian and Ukrainian language and obviously the vast majority of the world don't speak that. So most of the news and updates and analysis was either outdated, uh, incorrect and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I thought I'm, I'm watching and following all this anyway. So why not actually do it a bit more seriously?
1: Now, we obviously know they've had a, a litany of wonderful players over the decades. Uh, Andrei Shevchenko is, is one that comes to mind. They obviously have a, a leading member of the Manchester City team at the moment, and there are one or two others uh, um, stretched across the Premiership as well. But what did you make of the Graham Zunas stuff in the sense of he's saying that this game shouldn't even be taking place, that just Ukraine, just, just qualify them straight out, make extra room in a group if need be? Well, wh- What did you make of that comment?
0: Um, uh, not just me, but the squad as well. The Ukraine squad have uh, been quite quite fervent in their response to this saying, not, not just to Graham Souness, but to the whole suggestion of being given a walkover, being given an extra spot at the World Cup, making the World Cup of 33 teams or something like that. Uh, they don't want that. They don't want any charity. They don't want any handouts. They want to win on the pitch. And I think uh, Ukraine captain Andriy Romankov, said on an interview a few a few months ago saying listen we, w- we will play this game uh, we want to do it on the pitch as long as we've got arms and legs uh, we will get to Qatar fair and square if we don't obviously we don't but we want to get that on our own merit
1: And in terms of obviously Ireland have a, a date in the diary to play them as well which will be an interesting development in itself but just give me a sense of they've beaten Scotland the turnaround seems pretty short to face a resurgent Wales team I mean, what do you think? Just give us a sense of the game itself and where you think it might go.
0: So I think it is going to be very tough. I think it will be tougher than the Scotland match. In general, I feel that Wales have got maybe a stronger, more coherent squad. Obviously, they've got Gareth Bale, who is a world-class player, a talisman that maybe the Scottish team lacked. And also, the Scottish team didn't really turn up on Wednesday. They you know people say that maybe the the emotion and like the event got to them in the end they got this stage fright or something like that whereas i've been in cardiff since yesterday been to the press conferences and and the likes and the welsh are very much obviously sympathetic to what's happening in ukraine but on a, in a purely footballing sense there i've got literally no <laughs> no qualms about the fact that they want to go to qatar they really sort of are, are casting everything else aside in that context And we'll be giving it as hard a fight as possible. So, yeah, both teams today very much motivated for their own reasons um, to make it to Qatar and get that victory.
1: Now, in terms of the players themselves, they're in a slightly strange, ambiguous world. They've obviously got friends, brothers, fathers fighting back in Ukraine. Most males above a certain age are essentially part of the military now. I mean, how, what kind of world do they live in? I mean, it must be very odd and surreal to be playing in these packed stadiums in England like for someone like Manchester City when you've got family back on the front line, some of them dying, some of them being grievously injured. I mean, where are they mentally and psychologically, do you, do you
0: sense? I think they're obviously in a, in a very tough place psychologically and mentally, of course. But uh, as we saw against Scotland, they were able to put that aside for 90 minutes, sort of get in the zone. And you know do a professional job on the pitch we didn't see any tears or anything like that until after the final whistle when there was basically a release of emotions and uh like the game's over halfway there and now we need to focus on the next one and the same happened yesterday during the press conferences the ukraine manager was very you know rather rather simple in his answers didn't speak too much the player Karavaiev was mentioning how his family back home in ukraine are currently in an occupied area in her son in the south and they weren't able to actually watch the match against scotland because of the signal um an internet cut off by the russian occupiers so yeah i think they understand that back home it's like absolutely terrible but they also know that their responsibility as having the privilege of playing football rather than actually fighting on the front lines, the very least they can do is get the team to Qatar.
1: Now, you've got great contacts with Ukrainian football teams in Ukraine, not the players that are playing internationally in the likes of the premiership. I mean, what has happened, or have you got any sense of what has happened to the team's based in the various theatres of war obviously I can imagine anything in Donbass must be a a total nightmare but in in the western part of the country it's less impacted can you give us any first hand sense of what's happened to individual football clubs teams the resources they had practice training everything all that goes along with a sport since the war began
0: yeah so for some clubs obviously like Mariupol um, they have more or less paused their existence you could say for at least a season. So, as a Dnipro up in the Ukrainian North, where their their stadium just completely bombed, two massive crater missiles in there. They're also pausing their Ukrainian Premier League membership for at least a season, and there are obviously doubts whether, in the long term, they will be able to come back. But I think the hope is that they will, you know, even as just a show of defiance. Um, elsewhere, the Ukrainian Premier League and all the leagues that are below it. They sort of ended prematurely, they just ended where they were. No actual title winners per se, but just um, allowing some teams to be promoted into the next league and all that. Um, Yes, there are a number of teams that will fold or have folded. Some in the Hurston area have done that um, and probably will be more as, as we go through the summer. Um, because on the most part, most of them, I think, there's one team in the west of Ukraine, um, Prekarpacha, that play in the Ukrainian second division and their entire squad has joined the military. So, um, in terms of playing football, I don't think that's really on their priorities right now. So, yeah, I, I think we'll find out in the, in the coming months exactly what's happening with the state of Ukrainian Cup football, but there is hope that the, the leagues will restart in August, be it being played in, uh, obviously, behind closed-door stadiums in Ukraine and also um, probably in the west of Ukraine where it will be relatively safer compared to elsewhere.
1: Now, in traditionally, have most of the Ukrainian players played? Some of them have obviously played domestically and made it onto the international team. Others play in the leagues of Europe. What's that balance been like? I mean, have they generally been a little bit like the Ireland team? Everyone plays outside the country or has there been a bit of both? No.
0: No, it's the opposite, really. You could uh, there's only about five, six foreign-based players in Ukraine's current squad, and the vast majority play for Dynamo Kyiv and Shakhtar Donetsk. So, I mean, three quarters of the squad are domestic-based, but those those two clubs have had the the special opportunity to go out of the country and uh, play in charity tours across Europe in friendly matches against the likes of Borussia Dortmund. Um, Galatasaray amongst others so they've had a bit of matches over the past few months obviously not competitive but still fitness fitness permitting however I think a lot of people are predicting that this could due to this war and obviously the uncertainty of the of the way that the it could go and football as a as a result in general it could go of the way of uh, somewhere like Ireland somewhere like Croatia where the majority of the team don't play in the domestic league they, they play abroad
1: yeah I mean also the other the great thing about this is there is that danger of fatigue breaking out about the conflict in Ukraine you won't be aware of this but we have a poll here in Ireland about what the issues that are most top of mind for Irish people and Ukraine is down at 7% which is it was interesting so there is that whole idea of this conflict as it grinds on we're over 100 days people see the pictures on their TV news but it slightly falls down the news agenda and people start to get worried about how much will Ukraine as a conflict be discussed except now and again when there's a a kind of a military breakthrough by either side it it may kind of slight a bit of slippage in the news does the football team almost give a chance a message of defiance if you will to kind of put it back in the news, coming through the sports um, way Absolutely. platform, is is that in a way what is going to make it important?
0: No, that is that is why this match is way beyond football. Well, if Ukraine qualify for the World Cup, they've got at least an extra six months of being able to share this their stories, share the stories of Ukrainians and all that on a on a much wider scale than they could do if they hadn't qualified. If they don't qualify, so obviously the World Cup's got an audience of over a billion people. So that is always going to help and not all of them follow the news or politics and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it would be a massive boost for that. And I think that is probably the main reason that these players are so motivated in doing that, to make sure that, one, that Ukraine is at the biggest sports tournament in, in the world. Um, obviously, that will show the Russians and Putin that they are still fighting. They are a real country. Look, all the support that we've got. Um, and also the fact that obviously they'll remain in the news cycle for a lot, lot um in a lot more higher in a lot more higher capability.
1: And in terms of consuming this particular game and the Scottish game as well, I mean, what's your sense of people on the ground, just ordinary Ukrainians? Can they get the pictures? I mean, we know Wi-Fi has been knocked out in a lot of places. A lot of Internet connectivity has been ripped up by the conflict. Like, can, can people actually get to see this game in most cases?
0: Yeah, on the whole, I think they can. They can just watch on their... Well, I think most places have got Wi-Fi connection or uh, Elon Musk's Starlink uh, special internet that that has been set up across the country too. So there, that that isn't too much of a problem. Obviously, in the hot zones, that will be a problem. But on, on the whole, most people will be watching from wherever they can, either on their laptops, uh, on the TV. They, they just won't be able to go to... Um, you know, big gatherings in squares or anything like that, that maybe happened during the Euros last summer.
1: Tell me a little Um, bit about the the coach of the national team. I mean, he's got an interesting backstory.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has been been the coach of the youth teams in the past for Ukraine. So he's essentially a a bit of a father figure because up until last summer, he was the under-20 and under-19 coach. So he's basically seen most of the squad through their youth development over the past decade or so, and he he knows them all so very well. And when the war began in February, he went over to his local territorial defence office and said, can I sign up, please? I want to help out. And they said to him, because he was age 64, listen, uh we will cope with everything is fine we've got this covered you just um focus on the football and get us to qatar uh so that was that was the general that's the general gist of the kind of man he is
1: well, it's great to see that he offered in the first place, isn't it? I mean, it's because uh, I know they did every um, every pet of the hands to the pump over there at the moment. In terms of the game itself, you've mentioned Gareth Bale. We know Wales have been kind of up and down in recent years, but they're been pretty good at qualifying for major tournaments. They've done that no matter what's happened in the actual tournament afterwards. I mean, if they lose this evening at five o'clock uh, when the kickoff is Ukraine, I mean, uh, let's it's, it's not nice to discuss it, but how does that play out? Do you think in terms of? morale and and you're also the point you've been making about not qualifying automatically if they lose how do you think that will play out i mean it it could be a body blow to morale then could it
0: yeah of course it will be very disappointing i think um although there's also the 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 understanding that maybe it was all a bit too much because if the fitness doesn't work out it was all very in quick succession they haven't played many competitive games and all that kind of thing so in general it would be like okay sad but understandable given the circumstances it's a bit of uh one of those you can't lose situations because of the circumstances and then if ukraine obviously do it it's it's a sign of defiance too
1: yeah, I mean, they, they can't lose, I suppose, because the journey has been so brilliant. I mean, they're a good team. They, they play a nice attacking brand of football. I mean, never mind war, you'd look at them anyway, and I'm, I'm not surprised that you've been following this as a kind of a, a hobby, administering <laughs> this website, because it, they are a great team. They've got great traditions anyway. It t- makes us think a little bit about the Russian team, who are, of course, not taking part in the World Cup, and they're banned from most international sport as well, including Wimbledon. I mean, what do you make of the, the Russian perspective on this? They've had good teams good players over the years I mean do we think that someday they might end up meeting each other and years forward Ukraine and Russia would be a very interesting game
0: um, well Ukraine and Russia have only played each other twice in the past uh, Ukraine won the first game in Kiev and then they drew one all in uh, Moscow so Ukraine have always been the heartbeat of the so- they always were the heartbeat of the U- of the Soviet team so, you know, those great sides that made the 1988 uh, Euros final, um, a number of others over those decades, too. The vast majority of the starting 11 and the squad were players from Dynamo Kyiv um, and from Ukrainian based clubs, and they were Ukrainians. So, it was quite unjust when obviously the Soviet Union collapsed and Russia took all of the history of the Soviet Union footballing wise um all the coefficient points and all that kind of thing and ukraine started on zero but hey ho we've um we've made it back to the levels that we i think were at and i think you know this is uh, going to be a historic moment if ukraine make it to only the second ever world cup
1: well it's going to be a great game ukraine versus wales thank you and and you're to be complimented on developing such an interest in what was I suppose a niche area a few months ago but it's developed into everything we're, we're all interested in it and I think that you'll get a lot of visitors to your website um, as a result of that thank you very much Andrew Todos, who is a Ukrainian football journalist and the man behind the number one source for Ukrainian football news which probably had low traffic numbers until uh, earlier this year but now has huge numbers that's Zora Londetsk he's been talking us through that game it kicks off in Cardiff at 5 o'clock
0: on the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.